0: Hi friends, welcome back to the Friends of Cabrini podcast. This is your host Julissa. So. so today's episode is going to feature my interview with Mrs. Lauren Kane. She's a wife, a mom, homeschooler of three, and a wonderful entrepreneur. And our conversation is all about what is the purpose of schooling. As many of ours have already started or are getting started to enter the new academic year, I want you guys to consider what is the purpose of education? What is the purpose of schooling? And remember, your child should always be first in all aspects of learning. Have a good year, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome back to the Friends of Cabrini Podcast. You are now listening to a new episode with your host, Jalisa. And today we have a very special guest on. She is an amazing homeschooler. Please help us to welcome Lauren Kane to the podcast. Hello. Are you, Kane? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, you are an amazing homeschooler. Um, I have followed you for a while on IG. Mm-hmm. So, what, what got you interested in homeschooling to begin with you know what was your journey because I know from what I see you have an amazing Mm -hmm. journey but I'm sure our listeners may not know that
1: (laughs) oh thank you um I actually got interested into homeschooling um I was I was kind of thinking about it when my oldest son who is now almost six um when he was a toddler and I started thinking like you know I think I want to homeschool but I wasn't really sure Um, It was just something that was kind of in the back of my head. Like whenever he gets to, you know, quote unquote schooling age, I I think I want to pursue this, but it it wasn't anything that was definite. Um, When my son hit probably three was when I really, really started to notice um, that he was very, very hyperactive. And like beyond what you would normally expect of a toddler. Um, and, And that's when I really made the decision to say, you know, I think that homeschooling is the definite way to go um, because I did not want my son to be labeled, you know, the quote unquote bad kid. You know, I didn't want my son to be the one that was always being called on by the teacher because he was disruptive or he wouldn't sit still. You know, all those things that are really important in traditional school. You know, they want these kids to, you know, sit down, keep their head down all day. And my son could not do that and still to this day cannot do that. Um, So that's when I knew homeschooling was the definite way for us to go. Um, We actually ended up getting my oldest evaluated and found out that he had a uh, or has a borderline sensory processing disorder, um, which is why he is so hyperactive and has trouble sitting still. Um, So, yeah, just I, I didn't want my son to have a negative experience with schooling. That's what really led me to say that homeschooling is the way to go.
0: Wow, were you were you also homeschooled as a child? or i I wasn't.
1: i I wasn't. I attended public school um, the majority. i I uh, spent a year in private school, but the majority of my schooling was traditional public school. And I did well. i was I was a really, really great student, um honor roll, you know, the whole nine. But it's funny looking back and and i'm I'm realizing now that, you know, I just knew how to follow follow the rules. I knew what not to do. I would look at the kids that got in trouble like, okay, I won't do that, you know? So I made sure to just walk the line and follow the rules and everything. And the teachers loved me. Um, And I just knew how to play the game of school. So it's it's interesting now as an adult, looking back on my schooling experience and wondering, you know, was I really well-educated or did I just play the game well, so to speak, if that makes sense. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think that that I actually think that is pretty, pretty awesome or pretty unique that you say um, the game of school. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't really think about it like that. Yeah, too much. You really just kind of think about it in the sense of this is what it is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the society society has expected the traditional uh, education to really just be follow the rules that are set, the norms and standards mm-hmm. and routines and go with it. You um, you know, you said that you have attended public school and your son has been, you've decided to homeschool your son. What are some of the differences that you have seen um, in both of the different education styles
1: Um, I think for one, um, homeschooling is, is you can make, uh, the educational experience so specialized, um, specifically for your child and public education is just not that simply put, um, it's a one size fits all kind of thing. And some people that works fine, like for me and for other people, um, like I, you know, I, I feel like my son would not fit that mold, um, in, in, in trying to um, figure out, you know, how he would perform in public school and things like that. A lot of the time I do think back to um, like how my brother experienced school. Um, He and I had two totally different educational experiences. Well, um, I performed very well, um, got along, you know, my teachers loved me, all of that. My brother, it was the complete opposite. Um, He was just like my son, you know, kind of hyperactive, not wanting to sit still, always getting up, you know, a lot of talking, that kind of thing. And he's an adult now, too. And, you know, he looks back at it and really sees how just really tragic his experience was. I mean, he's um, told us about times where um, there was we, we grew up in California. And because of that, they do something called Gold Rush Day in elementary school at about fourth or fifth grade. Um, So Gold Rush Day, you're supposed to go out and it's just a fun day. It's supposed to be where you do all these activities and, you know, find gold and that kind of thing. Well, my brother did not get to participate in Gold Rush Day. He spent the entire day literally in jail um, with three or four other of the bad kids who, you know, they were all black kids um, that whole day. And he never told my mom that, you know, never said anything about it. And it's just he's reflecting on like, wow, that was not okay, And it wasn't. Um, There was no reason for him to have missed out on something like that other than the fact that he couldn't sit still. Um, There were other moments where, you know, he would miss recess for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. Um, the teacher would write his name on the board as, you know, a student who couldn't go to recess and she would never erase the name. He would come back the next day. First thing in the morning, his name was on the board. He hadn't even done anything yet that day. Um, so things like that. I, I was just not wanting, uh, my son my oldest son, his name is August. I didn't want August to go through that.
0: Wow. That is, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so sorry that your brother had that experience. And I definitely can absolutely understand why you chose to to homeschool your son. Mm-hmm. Um it seems like, you know, our young in in uh, middle school and high school age, black male children are mm-hmm. kind of targeted, you know. Yeah, only are they target not only does it seem like they're targeted, um, you know, Uh, when they're out and about, you know, in public, but even in the school system. So, you know, I I really wanted to talk to you today, actually, about, um, you know, just the the purpose of schooling. What did you think Mm -hmm. the purpose of schooling was? But you just mentioned something um, in your book, as you showed your brother's experience. And it made me think about how a lot of schools today, they have what is uh, basically called surveillance
1: where Mm -hmm. they have,
0: you know, actual police officers within the school setting. Um, They have metal detectors, they have cameras, they have all these different things uh, that they use and tactics that they use to kind of survey or surveil um, the children and just kind of monitor the children. And so I wanted to know, what were your your thoughts about that? You know, did you or your brother have experience with either one of those as well?
1: Um, I, I didn't, um, but again, my, my brother definitely did. Um, and it's interesting that you mention mentioned, um, the specific term of, of surveilling kids because I actually just read an article, um, where they tested teachers and I'm not sure what region they were in. Um, but they had about four or five kids sitting at, around a table, just playing with toys And these teachers were supposed to watch the monitor because they were being, the kids were being recorded, watch the monitor and every time they felt like a child was misbehaving or doing the wrong thing, they were supposed to click something. And they found that there was one black boy at the table and the black boy got the most clicks across the board. And in reality, he wasn't doing anything. He was just playing just like the other kids. None of them were misbehaving, but the, the the teacher saw that the black boy was misbehaving. Just watching him, they were looking for every little thing, and whatever that they saw that, that they felt was not right. Oh, he's misbehaving! There he goes again. So it's it's a very real thing, and it just to adds another. Mm-hmm.
0: So it almost. Oh, sorry, not to cut you off. I was just going to say it almost sounds like a target. Like you're yeah you watching for whatever,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: It, wow. it is true. And,
1: it, and it's not like they they woke up that morning like, oh, I'm going to target, you know, these black kids. It's it's subconscious, but it's real and it's out there. And even in 2022, it is still happening. So, yeah, that's that's another um, layer of of the schooling experience. That's really unfortunate that a lot of our, um, you know, a lot of our black children are expen- experiencing.
0: So what would you say would be something that should be done to, to go against that, to combat that? Like, should there be something on maybe the parents' parts or is that more of an administrative thing or just a teacher-to-teacher teacher thing?
1: Um, that's a hard question to answer because I think that, you know, they can have internal training and diversity, you know, diversity training and that sort of thing. Um, but there's really nothing that can be done to combat it because, you um, it can be just so, uh, for lack of a better word, low key. I mean, this this is not like overt racism happening. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of hard to catch in the hiring process. So I I don't I don't know what can be done to to stop that.
0: Wow. So let's talk about your um, homeschooling journey because I know mm-hmm. you guys are doing some exciting things. So yes How 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 has it been? Like, what are some? really amazing things that you guys have started to do with your son. I know that he, you said he's six mm-hmm. years old. Would that yeah. be, is he like doing first grade or second grade content and material now?
1: Um, we're, we're just about to um, do first grade. We really didn't take much of a break this summer. We've done, you know, some workbooks and that sort of thing. Um, but we're planning on officially starting at the end of the month and he will be in first grade. I also have my daughter who is in preschool. Um, so I homeschooled the two of them and my youngest, who is almost two, he's kind of in and out. <laughs> I can't really, you know, get him to, to sit down for for much of anything and that's okay. Um, so I, I homeschool my, my four-year-old or almost four-year-old and my almost six-year-old now. Um, but yeah, it's been really exciting, um, especially for my almost six-year-old August because he's really getting into like the more complex subject matter. Um, We're moving beyond, you know, just the alphabet and the numbers and all of that. We're getting into like reading and you know investigative science and you know all of these really fun things.
0: Hey, friends! Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the Friends of Cabrini podcast right here on Spotify and any of your other listening servers. Now back to the episode. So I always hear people talk about how they don't know what to do or how to get started as it comes to homeschooling. And, you know, every family is different. What is a day like for you guys when it comes to homeschooling? Do you venture out or do you tend to stay at home and kind of do your, your things there?
1: They they both really love doing uh, sensory activities. My one year old as well, um, but with my oldest, we're getting more into you know the complex subjects. I mean, he's really 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 close to reading. Um, which opens up so many other doors um, to, you know, uh, his what, what we can do as far as his education. Um, we're doing more complex subjects with uh, math, you know, it, we're beyond, you know, the simple addition. So it's been really fun and terrifying, all those things to um, to keep adding <laughs> on these subjects, because, you know, this is my first homeschooling experience um so it's like everything is so new and it's just really exciting and it just makes me love homeschooling that much more it really is amazing. spend some time at home but we like to spend the majority of our time learning outside of the home whether that is at the zoo or the museum um we do like to get out in nature uh not so much these last few weeks because the temperatures in texas have just been oh my gosh just out of control um but when the weather is not so terrible uh we do like to get out We have a local nature center that we love going to that they have fantastic homeschool programs. So we have attended lots of those and learned that way. Um, So, yeah, we do like to get out of nature. We like to go hiking and just exploring the world around us. I mean, my kids could be outside all day and they would be in heaven.
0: Yes that's me too. I think that's I think that's kind of like the reason why we started to segue into unschooling and road schooling Mm -hmm. just because we started to discover like all of the places here um, where we live and then we kind of got bored. We're going like to the same places that you know would be the traditional field trip places for public school. Mm -hmm. So I was like let's try to do something that's not so traditional and so unique and Lord and behold, it ended up working out where we're able to road school and, and start like just traveling to other cities um, so cool. and states and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think it kind of like just opens up your horizon, yeah.
1: you know, of it, what it all really you're does. able to learn. It really does. Because, you know, every experience, everything that you do is, is a learning experience. So it's not just, you know, at home. It's just wherever you are. I, I think that's really cool. I, w- I would love to r- do road schooling
0: yes i definitely recommend it i absolutely do we did a full trip of the south um last fall and we i think we hit like so many different cities wow. we went to atlanta uh, nashville knoxville mm-hmm. uh, we went to charleston it was it was amazing like being able to see i think one of the best things we both took away or at least i took away i'll say i took away uh-huh. um one of the best things that i took away from it was uh the experience of simply driving so close up to cotton Fields, and i couldn't believe that they are like still in existence in south carolina and georgia you know and just driving right there is like you see it it's you know i mean you read about Mm -hmm. that stuff seems like so long ago but to really still see it it's like wow you know Yeah. Um, so that that history lesson was so so important and there's so mm-hmm. much good history and richness um, in those southern states so if you I don't know if you guys are south but um, yeah we are
1: we're in Texas
0: oh okay great yes. well like, there's, see there's a lot there yeah there's a lot there we're we're hoping to like transition and possibly move to dallas okay yeah
1: i'm in the dsw area so yeah we'll be neighbors
0: (laughs) yeah we're hoping to transition and move down to dallas there's so much there and so much in texas i feel like this to discover and then you guys are so close to california and utah yeah
1: yeah, and we're, and we're from California. Um, so yeah, Texas is just located really well to get to other places too.
0: So I, I was just gonna ask, you know, what uh what do you feel like is the purpose of schooling?
1: Um, I I think that my my view of, um, of the purpose of schooling has definitely changed. Um, I think that before I became a homeschooling mom, I definitely felt like the purpose of education was to ensure that students became successful. Um, meaning they did well in school, good grades, went on to college, you know, um, preferably continued on with their education and got their masters or whatever, got a high paying job and that was the purpose. Um, And it's funny because even when you look at like, um, you know, a lot of celebrities and and people like that, they're always telling kids, stay in school, stay in school. And that's why, because they want them, you know, to be able to get a good job and all of that, because a lot of people do feel like the purpose of education is to become successful financially. Um, After becoming a homeschooling mom, my view has, has definitely changed. Um, of course, I want my kids to be successful. I want them to be financially independent and all of that. Um, but I think that there's there's so much more to this pursuit of education than just making sure that our kids get good jobs. Um, I think that the purpose of education is to, um, you know, give us give us knowledge that will that will have us be empathetic to other people, other cultures. Um, Empathy, that's definitely missing in society. I think that's where a lot of our problems stem from worldwide is the lack of empathy. Um, You know, I I think that um, education and gaining knowledge just helps us learn about the world, learn about how it works, our part in that, um, what we can do to fix things that are broken, um, just how to better how to better take care of ourselves of our world and to just care about people. Um, I just building world citizens, I guess is, is what I'm getting at. I think that's the purpose of education. That's, that's my goal with educating my children. That that's what I'm, that's, that's the path that we're on.
0: I love that. That is so amazing. World citizenship. That is Mm -hmm. awesome. I think it, it feels like you are either a student of uh, Jane Elliot or I think Jane Elliot would love you because you oh. <laughs> you mentioned simply having just financial, simply just being successfully financially is not enough mm-hmm. and I think that speaks to a lot of things that a lot of our you know well-known philosophers and well-known educators and mm-hmm. well-known uh, just cultural and religious leaders will probably say the same thing that you're saying. It, it isn't enough. You do like you said, you do have to be compassion you have Mm -hmm. to care about people you Mm -hmm. have to actually educate the entire child the whole child and not just one portion of the child where you're turning them into what could possibly simply be another employee for another corporation you know so I I think you are absolutely um, hitting on something that is amazing and I definitely love the idea of being a world citizen because not only are you really emphasizing it seems like um you're not only emphasizing that education as a as a whole is important but then being able just to learn um outside of the the space that you're within you know i mean just being able to explore all that's around the world all that's around you know you and and going above and beyond i think is, is is so important um, mm. in that aspect and, and really just giving children a good foundation and a good understanding that there are no limitations right there are no boundaries when it comes to learning um, and then there's so much that they can explore and so many different directions that they can go in and there's so many different type of ways to learn right as, as you as you said you know uh, a lot of people, when you first start off with homeschooling, they tend to push in a certain direction, whether you may have to, or you possibly could do um, homeschooling, you know, through like religious co-ops or the Montessori method, or trying to kind of mimic what the traditional public school systems are doing. And it's very, it's very few do you find someone that's kind of like, hey, just do what feels good to your child, you know? most people are trying to like pigeonhole you into a certain direction and so it sounds like you have found you've been able to find that and navigate that for yourself and your children where they're able to learn freely and organically around the clock. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in for today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the Friends of Cabrini podcast right here on Spotify and any of your other listening servers. Now back to the episode. So with so much happening in public schools today, there's been a definite strong need for change and just a redoing, a reshaping, a reimagining of what education should look like. When I think about the lack of resources, the lack of funding, the lack of adequate staff, or just simply the lack of diversity and inclusion, I start to think about how there needs to be more of a push or maybe a movement, if you will for change to take place in the education system. If I say the words to you, abolition and public education, what do you think of? What are your thoughts about the abolishment of public schools?
1: Wow. That is an emotionally charged subject for a lot of people. Um, I don't think that public education should be abolished. Absolutely not. Um, I think that it does serve a purpose for a lot of students. There are um, a lot of people that come out of their public education experience and they feel like they were well educated. Um, So I, I think that it should not be abolished. I think that it needs to be fixed desperately. How long that will take what, what would be involved in that? I don't know. It's not perfect by any means, not even close. But I don't think that abolishing public education is the answer, um, simply because homeschooling is not the answer for every family. Every family cannot homeschool and every family doesn't want to homeschool. Um, so I think both of those things are in play. And for that reason, I don't think that public education should be abolished.
0: I agree with you I think this is an emotionally charged topic mainly because we haven't really seen it before or we just haven't seen it in a couple of past decades I would say I think the last time where we truly seen leaders and educators and just activists of any walks of life really um, challenge this on behalf of African-American and Latinx families was possibly in the 70s and we haven't seen that since I recently read an article about abolitionist teaching and freedom dreaming, and I thought that it was pretty unique, um, especially the point of view of the author. Mainly because, you know, it showed how this is something that has happened in previous decades, all the way from say the 17 to 1800s, and all the way up until now. And even folks way back then saw the injustices that were happening. Within the education system, and they saw the lack of resources, they saw the lack of staffing, the lack of building support, proper building. Um, you know, they, they just saw the lack of just almost everything. They saw how children were being targeted or were being discriminated against because of their age. When we think about some of the groundbreaking legislation like Board versus Ed, you know, uh, Brown versus Board of Ed. Um, When we think about the Civil Rights Act, a lot of those things are concrete and they definitely have helped for us to push forward in education, but there's still more that needs to be done. And I feel like this is probably a topic that is going to continue to go on. I think it's definitely going to push forward because we have seen an increase, a surge in the number of homeschoolers now post-pandemic. And, you know, there will possibly be a shift in some of the educational laws across the United States as well because of that. So it'll be good to see what happens. But I'm I'm happy to hear your opinion because you're right. Public schools do serve a purpose for some families and all families cannot or, or may not be able to homeschool or unschool. But it's not the end all be all. I think there could be a possibility where there can be multiple options Um, it's just going to be interesting to see what there is though.
1: I do think that's very true. Um, I mean, that's why, you know, we've seen so many teachers that have stepped away. Um, some of them have stepped away and beyond homeschooling their own kids. Um, but they are just There's so much stacked up against them. Um, You know, it's just stressful all around and you really can't blame them for stepping away. But, you know, that leaves our children at a disadvantage because there is such a um, just incredible shortage of teachers nationwide.
0: My hopes are that things can possibly change in the public school system um, from when how they were in the past. But it doesn't look promising because a lot of these things are somewhat still happening today.
1: so right this is something that is still happening today um you know the one silver lining the one positive thing though is that in this age of social media um there is a way to kind of sound the alarm um to get other people involved to really you know shine a light on the district shine a light on the teacher and to let the world know what's going on um, unlike, you know, back in the day when I was in school, my brother was in school, you're talking about the nineties and my mom, you know, knew some of what was going on, but it was more so like, okay, well, this is just what it is. I mean, there's even an instance where she told my brother, like your teacher does not like you, like, you're not crazy about that. She, she does not like you, but you know, there's really nothing that I can do about it. You know, if that would have happened in 2022, it would have been a hashtag and all these things. And the teacher probably... Um, you know, would have been fired, or something would have happened to rectify the situation. In speaking more about that, um, I remember a few months ago, there was a kid who wanted to walk across the stage, he was, you know, graduating high school, he had been a great student, all of those things, and um, his, um, his principal, district, whomever, told him that he could not walk across the stage because he had locks, his hair was locked um and i remember that becoming a big thing until finally the district was able to answer for that um so again i think that is the one good thing about being in this age is yes this stuff is happening you know daily but um the good thing is that there's there's a light that is shown more on it now which gets these these kids to um get some sort of justice or some sort of remedy to the situation not all the time for sure but at least some of the time
0: your brother's experience and you sharing that on behalf of him as a testimony um i think is so impactful and it just makes me kind of feel like what can be done to change the environment where our African-American male children and female children do not feel targeted, do not feel harassed? What can be done? You know, will it take for parents to really just kind of step up and step, step into the schools and and advocate for on behalf of their children? Or is it something else?
1: regards to what can be done to, you know, prevent those situations from happening in the first place. Um, again, I, I'm not really sure um, because it is so, um, you know, I hate to use the term insidious, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's not something that you can really just pick out, you know, in a crowd. It's just something that, that you don't even know is going to be a situation until it is a situation. Um, you know, perhaps auditing classrooms more to see that interaction between the teacher, between the students. Um, getting parents involved, you know, if if that was a thing where a parent could go and, you know, just sit in with the class just to see that interaction, um, that would be helpful. But there are just so many moving parts, so many different things involved that I'm not sure what the answer is to fix this so that it just stops happening altogether.
0: Hey friends, thanks for tuning in for today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the Friends of Cabrini podcast right here on Spotify and any of your other listening servers. Now back to the episode. So, you know, for us as homeschoolers, we are... Probably some of us at least are probably similar to the brick and mortars and we have a new school year that's upon us. We are now entering into the new fall school year. I'm excited about what we have planned. We're going to be doing a lot more in our unschool as it relates to food science and self-discovery and health and all of those things. But what about you guys? What are some of your plans for the upcoming school year? What are you excited about? And then are there any new laws that you have to follow and kind of guide your, your instruction time by.
1: We do have a couple of exciting unit studies that I'm really looking forward to um, going over with the kids. Um, one is the digestive system system which I know they're going to love, and it's going to be informative and a lot of fun. Um, And the second one is really just inspired by August and exactly what he wanted to do. So he told me that he wants to learn about cars, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So, and that's something that my husband's going to help with as well. So we'll learn about cars. We'll actually build a model car, um, hopefully, visit um our local racetrack. and it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. and it's something that's different. um, definitely something that he would not be able to get in the public school setting. So we're really excited about those two unit studies coming up this semester.
0: Hey, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode of my interview with Mrs. Lauren Kane. Connect with Mrs. Kane via instagram at crunchy dfw and remember to subscribe like and share the friends of caprini podcast we're on spotify and any of your other listening servers as always until next time